Unprecedented U.S. intelligence report on PewsResearch.org says that 65% of U.S. adults believe that intelligent life does exist somewhere on some planet. <clears throat> In the United States, 
we have a television show called Ancient Aliens. And on that show, the topic of the possibility of humans making contact with extraterrestrials is explored. On July 14th, 2014, an episode aired on Ancient Aliens that explored the possibility that the Germans and the Nazis obtained technology from extraterrestrials. There is a theory that there was a group of women who were known as the Vril Society, who were psychic mediums, who were given information or a blueprint from the extraterrestrials on alien technology and an energy called the Vril force that would have given these aircraft the ability to fly. Now, there is no real proof that the Nazis ever made contact with extraterrestrials. In fact, there is more proof against it. On February 22, 2022, Al Dariza decoded YouTube uploaded a video titled, Do Aliens Exist? On that show, they explored the possibility that because when aircrafts were being sighted during World War II, people believed that this was um, alien technology that were given to the Nazis. So there was a guest that was brought on that show. His name was Eric Kurlander. Kurlander uh, has a PhD from Harvard University and he specializes in Nazi history. He claims that the Germans were just obsessed with warfare and that the aircraft that was sighted was quite possibly their own aircraft. Also, let's get back to the real society that was featured on, uh, on Ancient Aliens. That group is a pseudo-Nazi society that was formed in 1921. And they believe that there is a subterranean master race that is capable of the real energy force. Now, unfortunately, this theory is based on a science fiction book written in 1887 by a man uh, named Edward Lytton. Now, he was known for coining the phrase, the pen is mightier than the sword. I mean, the sword. Oops. <laughs> I always make, I always mess that up. Uh, so he states that in his book, he writes about a subterranean master race who had the real energy. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's all science fiction. So there's no, so, so this entire thing, this entire possibility of a master race living in the hollow earth is just simply made up. It's fantasy. Now, why do we do this? Why do we make up the fact or why do we want to believe that extraterrestrials were actually part of the Nazi movement? Could it be that we as people just don't want to admit to ourselves that we humans are capable of the Holocaust, that we are actually the ones who are capable of genocide? Perhaps it's time for us to grow up and take responsibility for that. 
You know, right now I am taking biology anthropology and I've been thinking about evolution and what causes evolution. Right now, I we are studying the um, the different prototypes of like the Homo sapiens and the different types of humans. And it always seems that when one group becomes extinct, a better version of ourselves comes forward. Perhaps our next point in the evolution of humans is accepting responsibility for the heinous things that we have done rather than trying to theorize that it's because of the extraterrestrials that influenced us. If we are able to accept that responsibility, then maybe we will be predators to our own selves and we will be able to evolve as the human race and have more peace on the planet. Perhaps that po is possible. And then if that's possible, maybe we will be mature enough for extraterrestrials to actually introduce themselves and say, hey, we're here. Tell me, what is your name? My name is Barracuda Burkhart. She say her name is Barracuda Burkhart. What do you do, daughter? Me? Well, I'm a dressmaker. Oh, she a dressmaker. Do you make a living from that? I sure do. Well, go ahead with your bad self. <laughs> and what is your name? Boom Boom Latouche. She say her name is Boom Boom La what? Latouche. Latouche. And I'm a dressmaker. Another dressmaker. <laughs> do you make a living from that? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you sure tickle my fancy. <laughs> What is your name? My name's Gina Lollapalooza, and I'm a dressmaker. She a dressmaker and also a Lollapalooza. <laughs> do you make a living from that? Sure do. <laughs> and what is your name, little one? My name is Francis Farquad. <laughs> I ain't gonna mess with that one. Could you tell me, what do you do? I'm a streetwalker. Gracious sakes alive! You have the terminology to say such a word in my coat? A streetwalker? Tell me, do you make a living from that? Well, I would if it weren't for all these dressmakers. Oh, and I declare you all innocent. Grace <laughs> <laughs> dismissed this call is done. Time for the judge to have some fun. Now hold the phone, stop the presses. The judge is in the mood to buy some dresses. <laughs>
Pavlov corndog says, what is this? Um, we, and, and you are late. Um, I actually started out the song and then um, the beginning of the show, um, uh, what I was showing, it looked like I was live probably, but it wasn't. Um, that is a, um, a speech that I submitted for my, um, my uh, communication for class. And uh, it's a persuasive speech. And my topic was, uh, did the aliens make contact with the Nazis, you know, and uh, <clears throat> uh, it was a, you know, a, a semester long uh, project. Uh, the first speech I did, which I also uploaded here on, on YouTube was uh, I had to I just give three different perspectives of did they or didn't they, but not really have uh, an opinion. And then for my final, I had to decide one way or the other. And there was a certain method to it. I had to quote four different, I had to cite four different um, references and quotes. That was a goal. And um, there was a, a point of a call to action, uh, a part where you visualize, like the part where I talked about being in a, a, a biology. There had to be a message behind proving that it that that I believe that it because of these facts I think that it's not true and then theorize beyond that so uh, I just thought it would be fun to show it um you know I, I I'm not hey just just so you know uh, a lot of times like what I really want to do with my channel is just explore you know ideas and the truth and have a conversation and you know I, I'm wanting to be a, create a dialogue. Um, I'm never professing to say that I have all the answers, I know everything, or, you know, if there's new evidence that comes out there that proves that, you know, Hitler was influenced by the real society and, you know, and, and extraterrestrials, then, you know, that I believe that if that's the truth, then that truth will come out. But right now, from whatever I've researched and also, some of the people that I look up to as being knowledgeable in um, in, in anything to do with space, um, I got a feedback like it was just like, oh, that old tired out story. Okay. Within the center of people that would be considered, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say who it is because they, they didn't want me to identify them, by the way, but this person's worked with someone that's worked with in NASA and stuff and, and is relative in the story of what I'm talking about. And, you know, when I asked them, I said, you know, I'm doing a piece. I, I couldn't find, see the problem with me 
the problem when it comes up to the topic of, of extraterrestrials is that, and I'm not denying anybody's, you know, experience or story or, you know, anything that you think might be, you know, going on with this particular reality. I'm totally into the topic. But when it came to that particular narrative, which, by the way, is kind of interesting for me because of the fact that, you know, there's this whole super soldier program that is kind of based on that theory that, you know, a lot of the things and the theories that have come out of like the basis project and uh, project Camelot have to do with uh, the possibility of uh, extraterrestrials making contact with the Nazi party or Hitler or the real society, the real society had a real influence on what happened with uh, with Hitler, and then there's you know the Aldebaran Aldebaran uh, theory and the inner Earth, the hollow Earth, um, the North and the South Pole. I mean, these are real big conversations that um, this particular media has you know um, gone into. And when I realized that it was actually a science fiction story written in 1886 by Edward Litton, I, I in in terms of like explaining something in a collegiate atmosphere. Uh, I, I felt that it would be harder to prove it than not prove it. You know, my feeling is, is until we see an actual extraterrestrial comes out to the public and says, hey, we're here and our government and whatever sanctions things and we can prove that the person who says that they're coming from another planet actually is from another planet, we will never really know. But I do find it interesting that 65% of adult Americans, according to the PewsResearch.org, you know, the, uh, the, U the U.S. intelligence report states when they surveyed 65% of Americans um, believe that, that extraterrestrials exist somewhere on some planet. And, you know, really, why wouldn't they? Um... Oh, okay. Yeah, you'll play the replay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, you when I do the shows, I'm trying to give things that, you know, are a little bit more variety. And so, like, I'll put it up in the front or whatever. Just I know that live streams, people, you guys come in whenever you want, and and that's the way it is. So do I. I mean, I see somebody streaming. I'm like, oh, I got time. I'll I'll check out and see what they what what, what they're saying. Um. Oh, you like my thumbnail? Thank you. Oh, by the way, I have a, a psychedelic um, pinwheel going on right now. Um, I, I, if you can see, it's kind of like got a weird color. And I, I washed my hair, so it's just kind of drawing at the moment. Um, you know, contrary to um, popular belief, um, this is actually my hair. So I'm not wearing a, a bang clip. That's that's one of the rumors that are going around is that I, I have female pattern baldness and I'm wearing some sort of bane clip or nothing. I assure you that I don't. And, um, you know, it's really interesting. I, I, I am taking anthropology. I'm just kind of going off on a tangent about hair for a second, but it's like, as time went on, man lost hair. We like the, the, the newer versions of the, you know, our, the modern human, we lost our hair. Um, and then, you know, because we're bipedal, uh, we were able to run. And because of not having the hair, we can sweat and stay cool while we're uh, running. That's why um, one of the things that man did was like they 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 became um, 
long distance runners and stuff to, to tire their prey. Like how did, uh, you know, a man with the spears in this, you know, like whatever stones that they created, how did they kill uh, their, you know, the, the, the leopard? Well, what they did is they chased the leopard until it tired out because the leopard had fur, it would have to pant and rest and the human could keep tiring it until the animal got so tired that they were able to kill it. And that, and that, that's really the, um, that's the old, old school. But anyways, I was thinking about the hair thing because like, to be honest with you, because of the pandemic and, you know, the fact that I'm taking my classes online and everything, I hadn't shaved my legs, you know what I mean? So today it was like a big deal. It was like, I, I swear to God, I thought, oh my God, homo erectus. You know, I looked at my legs, and I went homo erectus. Like maybe I'm like a, a throwback version of something. I'm joking, but then again, my haters will probably go, yeah, she is, she is, she's a Neanderthal. Like, I can imagine, like, maybe, you know, James Rink going, you know, she's got a gorgile in her throat, she's a Neanderthal because she criticizes us. But I don't mean to, like, like, I kind of like, honestly, I kind of like James Rink. Uh, there's something about him that, you know, like, um, that you want to just kind of, like, pinch his cheeks or something like that, but I just... Again, a lot of that uh, super that, that forum, you know, goes into you know what I just did my speech about on 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 my collegiate thing. So, all right, so I want to get into a couple things this week that I noticed. Um, I want to I want to get into a couple things that I noticed this week that I I wanted to um, maybe discuss. I'm only going to go for like another hour or so um, because it is Mother's Day. And um, and my and, and my mom is um, gonna you know we're gonna talk a little bit later so I don't know I'm I'm surprised I have this many people here on Mother's Day you must hate your moms I'm kidding I'm joking <laughs> I'm joking <laughs> um, you know but joking aside uh, that's a big a big deal now um, apparently uh, words are violence. And, uh, you know, if, if that's the case, then both uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are guilty. Uh, I, I just find the whole words are violence uh, campaign, um, like all of a sudden it's cropped up. Like it started with, you know, the Chris Rock slap. I mean, the um, Will Smith slap. And now, uh, you know, it came out that Dave Chappelle, you know, got attacked on stage um, at the Hollywood Bowl. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, and the guy was armed with a knife and a gun. All right. So, um, uh, so where, 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 where is the screaming about gun control concerning this? Right. And there, it just seems, it feels like to me, and I don't, I don't know what you guys think about it. Um, maybe, maybe you would, maybe some of you who are listening, want to say something in the chat uh, about what you think. But it seems to me that there's this attitude like, yeah, that's perfectly okay from a certain, you know, demographic of people like, yeah, words are violence. And, you know, if you make a joke about me, even if it's a joke, I have the right to come and attack you in the middle of your performance and be armed with a gun and a knife. And, you know, I, I kind of feel like in a way, like, cause I, 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 when I go about my week, right. I'm, I'm probably you do too. Maybe you don't do this. I don't know, but I kind of look at my social media and I look at videos on YouTube too, just to kind of see like, 
what people are talking about. Like what, what affects people? Like what is the dialogue about this? And for me, okay, what I found shocking about it was that there was a larger amount of people who really think that words are violent and there's this, you know, that's not a joke. And not only, and not only are words violent, but if you say those words, I am then, it's okay for me to come and attack you and slap you in the face. I have the right to physically attack you because I've determined that your words are violent. And I just think that that's a really poor, lame excuse for bad human behavior. That's my opinion. And that's what I'm wanting to share today you know that that's what i want to express on my youtube channel right now and also like being that i am a comedian that i i have toured for like 30 years in my life literally toured where i got paid i don't i know i know a lot of you guys like you know want to say oh you're she's a failed comedian no not not necessarily case case you're a fail you're not to me you're not really a comedian and you know if you didn't work professionally like if it was just a hobby where you got up and, you know, maybe like, you know, people like, look, you know, I know like, like my nemesis, you know, they, they, they want to say, oh, she was a contestant on last comic standing. No, I, I was a finalist. Like there's a difference between a contestant and a finalist and every finalist didn't just do it as a hobby. They were already working professionally. I don't know if people really realize that, you know, so when you, Look at this, and when I I feel that when I talk about this particular topic, that I it's my it's a topic I know, it's something that I experience, and it's an area of my life that I have not I'm, I haven't determined that I haven't said I'm retired from it, like I am expanding my horizons right now in getting an education and taking my life did go in a different direction, but I don't see that as a negative. I see it as a positive. And, you know, um, I'm definitely not done writing comedy or saying something funny on my channel. If people determine it as being such, because comedy is a subjective thing. It's not like, you know, everybody thinks everything that's said from a particular topic is funny. And some people find comedy offensive and they always have. And, and by the way, it is an art form that was created in the United States. The form of being in front of a microphone and telling jokes, you're the act, you're a stand-up comedian, that came out of the United States. Just like jazz music did, just like the American, just like the musical did. We were the first ones to create an actual musical. Before that, it was just like vignettes with maybe some a little bit of dialogue in between. But to have dialogue that broke away into singing, we are responsible for it here in the United States. And I think that when you talk about comedy, when you talk about doing stand-up comedy, you talk about it being American, you talk about the comedians that have sacrificed pretty much their well-being and their life for the right to have free speech. They went all the way to the Supreme Court for it. All the way. 
just like, you know, uh, Larry Flint did, just like, you know, uh, Hugh Hefner did, just like Lenny Bruce did, just like George Carlin did for saying the seven dirty words that you can't say on television. There's always been a level of censorship that's happened to us as people. This is nothing new. Having censorship on social media is just another leg to what we fought for in the first place. Oh, Dita, you inspired me to return to the university to complete my bachelor's degrees as a mature student. Muchas gracias. That is so wonderful. I am, that is touching that to me that you were, you were saying that. And you know what? I, I encourage more people to, to actually, um, you know, go and get your education. We are not just old and you know we need to just like you know retired it's funny i was talking to my mom about this yesterday and i said you know i don't i don't feel like i'm ready to just go on the conveyor belt like there's things i i i can still learn right i mean i i there's something else to contribute and there's something that especially women or men too i don't want to discount men because men are getting a bad rap right now oh horrible. So I guess I, I used to go like, Oh, women, women, but you know, men are being demasculated. I probably said that, you know, terribly in our society. Um, but I think that we can contribute to society. We can still blossom. There is a purpose for the elder in our society and, uh, and and I think we should stand up for that. We are important. We do have something to say to the younger generations. We do have, we, hopefully we have in, gotten a certain kind of a wisdom. And I do think that our younger generations aren't just, you know, after going back to college, I'm, I'm, I'm in class with, you know, uh, people that might be 18 years old or in their early 20s or whatever. And they're smart, bright, young people just like we were when we were in college or when we were looking to, you know, create our, um, you know, our life. And, and I think that at any point uh, as people, we can blossom and become and grow into another, another period, another time of our life and, and, you know, keep creating. Cause you know, one of the things that, you know, we as humans are able to do is like, we are able to create, we have an imagination, you know, and, and we are living in a time where it feels like, you know, are we, are we going to be extinct? Is, you know, are we, is, is the model that we have, is there, is there a level of, of defectiveness in it that there's going to be like another reboot? What is that reboot? Like we have the metaverse going on. There's this whole AI singularity thing, this, this, this almost this feeling of that AI and robots and this and that it, 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 it thinks faster than we do. It's going to be able to produce more. It's not going to complain. It's not going to, you know, like, you know, go out and you know, it's going to, it's probably not going to steal money from the cash register. And that's, that's a threat. I think that's a threat to people. You know, I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a realization that we need to understand is actually really uh, going on. I'm going back to medic, medical school and finish up. Really, Jeff? Are you just are you being sarcastic, or, or, or are you really are you really going to go back to medical school? I, why not? 
what if something happens in the next five, 10 years and, you know, um, there is something that makes us regenerate younger or, you know, the, the, or the, the lifespan does increase in a way that we don't expect. Like, you know, I think sometimes we break down because society told us we had no value anymore. And because we've, we've just decided to turn everything off and not be curious or not think that there is a, some, something enjoyable for tomorrow for me or for us or for whatever. And maybe there isn't. Maybe, maybe we're, we're, maybe, maybe we're, 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 we're going to be, you know, we don't have a big tomorrow. Maybe we're, maybe we will take uh, humanity will nuke itself or something like that. But right now, today, we still have an opportunity to do something about that. Like all is not lost yet. I, 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 that's how I would like to look at it. Like there, like there still is a, a, the possibility of examining information and, uh, and going in, in, in a different correction, uh, direction. Musk wants to ship our brains with Neuralink. Yeah, he does. And, you know, it's hard not to like Elon Musk. Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it, you know, because, um, He's charismatic, you know, he's, you know, he's, you know, he's got that Silicon Valley, you know, computer tech uh, entrepreneur background to himself. He does outrageous things. He says stuff. He, he, he feels like he's part it's, it, it feels like he's on the right sometimes, but then it feels like he's on the left. He's kind of like, you know, not attached to anything. He's done some humanitarian things like I, I, I thought it was nice that he offered satellite to the people in the Ukraine, satellite Internet. Uh, the Twitter, him buying Twitter, again, he seems to be a proponent for free speech. And yet there's the Neuralink chip. You know what I mean? And yet, you know, he says these things that, you know, something like one in a billion chance that you're living in an organic world, that we're already in a simulation. Like, those things are, like, really trippy stuff to, like, think about. Like, how far is this? I, You know, can AI hack our intelligence? I found stuff by going back to college. And like, you know, when you search in the engine at school, that's like the resources that, you know, are legit that you can say, you know, they put in your paper, you know, that you're trying to make an argument about. I, I found stuff where it, it was where they, they were, they, it, it's a possible that AI or it can hack into human consciousness and make humans do certain things and make certain groups do certain things to certain. I mean, it was just like, it was mind boggling. I, I, I should look it up. I should look for those things again and then present them to the, um, to, on my, on my, uh, on my channel. Cause I think you guys might, I feel like you might be interested in that information because I, I, I am too, uh, really. Um, Oh, you think he's a demon? Not for me. That's a demon walking. I am a well. You know what? Maybe he is. I am a, a, a Musk is a misogynist. Okay. Well, he was dating Amber Heard, and I I didn't 
I didn't realize that. And by the way, let, let's talk about, I mean, of, of things to talk about for the week. You know, uh, her her stuff has come out and it's it's absolutely horrendous. I mean, the only thing that I can think of is like, you know, be, being, uh, I have to be careful of words, but being violated with a bottle, right? Okay. Uh, was just like, what? And then, you know, the whole explanation of the blood on the blankets and everything, like as if when he did get his finger cut off, that he was so out of it that he played guitar and wrote all over the wall and took paint. And, you know, it's just, and then the penis painting, like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to ever get past the penis painting. I'm like, please, can you show me the penis painting? I want to see it. Um, so that is uh, one big weird saga happening right now. And it, it, again, it's one of those things to watch how society is reacting to it. It seems like more people are believing that, that Johnny Depp is a victim. And her explanation was that he put the cigarette out in his own face. Like, like he was like, Ugh, and then he, you know, like she's just making him sound like he had cocaine bags everywhere, you know, and that he was, and you know what? He, he, he is an addict. He sounds like an addict. And I don't know about you, but it's, it's mind blowing to look, to think about the kind of lifestyles that some of these people have, like penthouse five, penthouse three, a freaking island. But then I started thinking, well, what can you do on an island? Oh, and here's another thing about islands that I learned from my anthropology class. If a species gets trapped on an island, it can either go smaller, if it was like pretty tall, like, like elephants become smaller, um, and rats get huge. Isn't that freaky? Oh my God, that freaks me out, you know? So um, got to be careful about how long you're going to be on an island because, you know, you, you, can, you can start, you know, things could change. Also, IMO must relocating to Tasia's. Texas does not have state income tax and less employee protection compared to California. It's a massive. If you F you to his workforce and pads, his billionaire net worth. Oh, okay. Thank you for sharing your opinion. See, I, you know what? I mean, like I said, I, like I'm, 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 I'm into looking at all sides. It's, it's not. You know, you know what the problem is, I think, with us is that I saw this other video. Oh, you know what? Here. And then and then and then it'll go right into what I'm talking about. I was thinking of opening the show with this guy because he has a new um, he has a new video out. Um, let me see if I can find it. Let me see if I can. Uh, tell me. Okay. Okay, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is like so like I mean I think he's like spot on on what he's saying here and I hope you guys enjoy this. I'm in San Antonio across the street from Oh, you guys are both in Texas. You know what? I might be going to Texas. I'm telling you. I mean, it's getting, um, 
It's getting weird. Okay. Wait, let me make sure I did this right. Welcome to the world, baby boy. I'll paint you red and white and blue. The indoctrination starts as soon as you come out the womb. Pretty quick, we'll make you stupid with curriculums at school. And if the classroom doesn't do the trick, we'll make you watch the news. Pick your team, right or left. Pick the red pill or the blue. You can vote, but even if you win, still everyone will lose. Don't forget to buy designer because Gucci makes you cool. We prioritize material belongings over truth. Get a job that you can't stand so you can buy some cans of food. Go overseas and die for freedom. There's some oil we can use. Our democracy exists so that you think that you can choose. But our algorithms make you do what we want you to do what's the problem you're depressed society has you confused we got medication for you that you'll probably abuse don't get married to a lady who also don't have a clue and pump on a few babies that are just the same as you welcome to the system everyone's a victim doesn't matter if you're black or white it hates you all here inside the system violence is a symptom fighting for what's right but somehow everyone is wrong welcome to the system everyone's a victim doesn't matter if you're black or white it hates you all Inside the system, violence is a symptom Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong Welcome to the world, baby girl. I'll paint you pink if that's okay. We'll encourage self-destruction through the music that you play. We divided out of men by trying politics and race. And honestly, it's working awesome. So for you, we'll do the same. Never teaching you to love yourself. Inject you full of hate. Objectify your sexuality. Then blame you for the rape. And weaponize the differences that make our men and women great. Then just to screw with you, erase the genders. Everyone's the same. We'll empower you with rights to vote and fight for equal pay. Then have the men turn into women and you'll fight for them again. But you thought you had it figured out, but everything has changed. Welcome to the system. Please enjoy your stay. Here's a Bible and a bottle of the cheapest booze we make. Find a man who can take care of you to fill the holes we made. Buy a house to settle down, fulfill your duty, procreate, and make a couple babies who will also do the same. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Inside the system, violence is a symptom Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong Welcome to the world, everybody. I'ma paint you black and white. I'ma make you hate each other so that everyone will fight. I'ma give you our religion, let the righteous find the light, but I will also give you science to oppose the word of Christ. And I'ma give you borders, they're imaginary lines. If you cross them, go to war and win when everybody dies. And I'ma give you money that you'll value more than life and let the 1% have everything while you fight to survive. And then I'll give you politics, I'll call it left and right. And while you divide yourselves, I will conquer both the sides. Can't you see? I'm the system, my whole purpose is divide. What you choose will never matter because everything Everything is mine. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Welcome to the system, everyone's a victim. Doesn't matter if you're black or white, it hates you all. Here inside the system, violence is a symptom. Fighting for what's right, but somehow everyone is wrong. Okay, now that's damn good art. I mean, seriously, I, I just, <laughs> I, you know, I love it. I, he's and, and I and what he's saying, like for me, I agree with him. Like I, I agree with him. Like everybody has to be on a team. 
And, you know, it's, well, my belief is right. And that's just the way it is. And, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, it's like we're still in this gladiator uh, mentality. And I'm wondering if that is like actually the mentality that's the destruction of the human race, of our own selves, because ultimately um, we we can't stop being our own predator as 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 a species. And so if we keep eating, it's like the snake eating its own tail. Like, how do you... How do you reverse that and, you know, really look at like, how am I being manipulative? I mean, even what has happened here on the internet has manipulated people. The people that manipulated it in the mainstream media does do the same manipulation in this media. But uh, that's why I wanted to learn journalism because I wanted, I wanted to get like the real perspective, the real way of doing something, not just so that I, I want to unmanipulate myself and then, <laughs> and then, you know, maybe share something with you guys in the most um, objective way, really, or a fair way. You know, I mean, I, I can't say that I did it in the past. I think I, I think I made some mistakes in the past. And by the way, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the past here um, in some, uh, maybe later on. Uh, you know, uh, like I'll, I'll, there's something I was going to want to bring up, but I'm kind of in a good mood right now. When I talk about it, it makes me go into a bad mood. Um, oh, hi, Sippy Talker. Good to see you uh, today. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you. And Thermal Mermaid, um, welcome. I, I noticed that you're you're here. For some reason, I was thinking about your profile, and then I thought about like thermal underwear. I think I'm gonna, I don't think I'm gonna start a profile called thermal underwear, you know, thermal underwear productions. <laughs> uh, red waves are terrible for reproductive rights for all y'all. Yeah, that's another thing that happened this week. Um, and you know, I'm even afraid to even tackle that particular topic here today. I mean, I didn't have it on the schedule. It's like, oh yeah. And that thing, um, I haven't looked into it enough. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing people talk about it. Um, I, I don't really understand why it came up now. Like, again, I, I got a question, like, why now? Like, why, again, another issue to divide us on. It's like, like, it's like what, um, the, the, the rap song is. It's like another, another thing for us to be divided on. We have a lot of things to be distracted by right now. Um, so I, it makes me wonder why, you know, and, and, then, you know, Joe Biden coming out and going, oh, the Dis Disinformation Act, you know, this is, you know, the disinformation thing, it, you know, in, in while, you know, Elon Musk is buying Twitter and, um, and it's like it leaked out, like it was like, it, it's like it got leaked to the public that the courts were going to do something possibly to, ro ro you know, um, Roe versus Wade. So it's like, Oh, what, what were you going to tell us? Like, it's weird to think that the right would be lost underneath the Joe Biden, Kamala Harris camp, right? Like, we would have expected something like this to happen with Trump, but like right now it's happening with them. And, and that's my question. It's like, why with these guys? Like, you'd think that they would have all their guns out defending this particular issue. But... 
I feel like it's being treated like it's 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 not. And so th those are the things that I'm noticing. It's like, really, like Kamala Harris is going to allow this to happen to women? Like, if you're thinking on the left, if you're thinking on that side, I could say, I, I could see where that rationale would be. Like, seriously, the, the liberal president, the Democratic president is going to allow this to happen and people are going to, you know, and it, but... Probably what they're going to do is it's it, like to me, it's just a is it just not a conversation piece? Oh, let's throw this at them. So they'll hate each other even more and divide each other even more. And when they're more divided, we're going to be able to control them better for what we want to do. That's what I think. That's what I think. You know, women hating women, white hating black, on and on and on and on and on and on, you know. The uh, Supreme Court doesn't link attorneys on YouTube if you have addressed it. It's because it's a note from one judge that expresses the same opinion he's had for 30 years. This is a fake ATM. It's a cover-up other news. Yeah! Yeah! I mean, isn't that a lot? Isn't it I mean, like more inflammatory to talk about that than, you know, Hunter Biden's laptop? and his association to the Ukraine. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I just say that? Okay. I should keep my mouth shut. Right? Like, <coughs> I, I, I don't know why that isn't talked about more. Like, but we have all this other stuff. We've got, you know, we got Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and, you know, and the mask thing. Have you not known? I don't know about you guys, but you know, it's like, oh no, you, if you want to wear it, you don't have to, you know, it doesn't matter. I don't need to see your vaccination papers. You know, it's just, you know, it's your decision now. It's like whether or not you want to wear a condom or not. I want to wear a condom and a mask or no mask and no condom. You know, it's like, it's your issue. It's like, like that just went flatlined. Right. Um, and now, and now words are violence. So there you go. But beyond all that, uh, I became privy to a particular video that I found quite alarming, and um, and and I and I want to share that with you. Um, let me let me pull that one up too. Oh, where is it? Oh, you asked me about my um, my outfit. That where why am I dressed like that? Well, there is a whole story behind that outfit, and um, yeah, I want to close the player. And the um, and 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 that was a, a picture. I was on the set of a um, an adult film. Okay, I know that's going to be shocking for you guys. Um, that I wrote back in 2009, and I played a um, non-sex part. I had an I, I was not one of the porn stars, but I was an actual character in in the in the movie too. And that's a whole other story. That's a whole other phase of my life. Um, 
which uh, which I've um, actually done a lot of shows on. I, I don't have them uploaded to this channel, but it's like, okay, I know I'm being like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, wait, you know, talk more about that. And I'm like all like, where did I put that one video at? Because this is what I um, want you to see. Uh, you know what? If I probably would not create in the medium that I did at that time of my life, you know, when I when I wrote that when I wrote that screenplay, when I it was called Hardcore Circus. Um, it's directed by Erica McLean, and um, her and her husband, um, Clyde McLean, uh, you know, owned the um, barely legal video franchise with Hustler. Okay, I know, shocking. Yeah, okay, you know, this makes you suspect. Okay, fine. If that's what you want to think, um, go for it. You know, I don't, I don't hide it. Um, but at the time, I was friends with Erica. And, um, and I still am, I haven't talked to her in a really long time, but, um, her husband had passed away, I think like in 2003 and I met her in 2007 or eight. And, um, you know, uh, over the course of the years and, uh, there were some other projects that I had been working on and, um, I was dating, uh, a comedian that was kind of like a mentor to me. And, um, you know, when Erica was going to go into her own project, because this was her own screenplay, it was not like under the barely legal franchise or anything like that. Um, her, she wanted me to work on the movie in some capacity. And I had done like uh, non-sex parts in like, I was in a barely legal video where I, I um, played the part of a, um, a, a customer service at Hustler, you know, like I was showing, you know, the products and stuff like that. It was like comedic with um, a, a, a porn actor named Tommy Gunn, who had a, a cast replica of his unit for sale there. And um, Tommy Gunn was also in um, Hardcore Circus. And he was also, uh, Tommy Gunn was also um, in a feature, he played himself, I think, or a porn star in Entourage. So it, what's interesting about a lot of these people that are what you would consider to be adult film stars, um, they they really want to go mainstream. And a lot of them have. Um, there was a Sasha, oh, I forgot her last name right now, but she starred in the um the girl, the girl, girl experience by Steven uh, Soderbergh. She was in that movie at that time. Um, so those, that was the era that I was. Um, when I wrote a couple of scripts, I wrote, I wrote Hardcore Circus, and okay, so the, so the man I was that I was dating when you know Erica talked to me about the production, um, he said, well, I'd like to write that movie, but I'm in the Screen Actors Guild. And he said, well, you know, maybe I can write it underneath your name. And I go, what? I go, that's weird because, you know, um, 
I just, I just go, that's, you know, I mean, like, why would you write it under, like, I'd be like a pseudonym or something. They goes, no, I'll write it. I'll write it like through your eyes. Like, you know, so um, we had table conversations, you know, the plot line and this and that was very, I, you could tell I'm wearing a costume. It was costumed. Uh, and stuff. It was kind of Fellini like. Had a, there was a guy that was a dwarf. I mean, it was it it was psychological, and um, and I thought it would be interesting to write something about human sexuality that asks certain questions about female sexuality um, in a an adult film. Basically, like I I was kind of like making the movie question itself within within the dialogue of what was written and you know um the the film was archived at a university for a study on human sexuality for that time period so it did get sort of an interesting critical acclaim in um in in what i wrote so that that's what that picture is really from but because um because i um used it in, you know, I, I thought about using it in the thumbnail and then, um, and then I, I thought I'll just title it. Cause I was going to say, you know, the things I noticed this week, but I just titled the clown show cause it had the clown outfit and I thought it just kind of fit the whatever. Anyway. Yeah. That picture, that thumbnail right there, that's me. That's uh, that's uh, that's me in that character back in uh, 2009. I was like a sexy clown. Like I did like like um, super eight old school like interstitials. Uh, you know, like walking with the big tall um, guy on stilts and magic tricks and stuff like that in that in that costume. It's it's really it's really black and white. It's really funky. It's uh, anyway. So let's move on. Um, I want to <laughs> I want to show you something here. All right. This is um, an interview by uh, the Associated Press, and this is with a scientist named Seth Borenstein. And um, it was, um, it happened on March 29th, 2022. And I, I don't know how much of, um, I'm going to play, but I'm going to play some of it. And um, I, I think it's, um, it's worth, it's worth, it's worth watching a little bit of it. Let's see, hold on. The volume will get a little bit better. It just uh I did not. I never met him. Of course I know about him. And you probably know Terry Root, Yes. So you know they were married. I have known I knew them for years and they were married and I was once visiting them um in in, uh, in the Bay Area. We were walking up and Terry told me the story. When Steve was uh, in the hospital with cancer, 
he's in the hospital room asleep and she's sitting there by his side and an oncology nurse comes in and asks what she does. She says, you know, I'm a biologist. I study endangered species. Um, All right, let me, I, I know this is the interruption in this, but um, ironically, as I was talking about this movie and you were saying like, it's Cirque de, Cirque de Soleil, like it, it was actually, um, the, who, the, I guess like a year ago, like a, a back in March of, of, of May 8th of 2009, Blue Iris passed away. And Blue Iris was actually, how ironic, Blue Iris was um, the main star of, like she was the um, mainstream crossover star in that film, uh, Hardcore Circus. And uh, she was a regular on Howard Stern. And so, so <laughs> So uh, how ironic, Blue Iris. Okay, I just I just wanted to share that with you because I was talking about Hardcore Circus. By climate change. And the oncology nurse looks at her and says, what a depressing job. I'm going to go a little bit farther. In this world is a woman you've never heard of. Her name is Mimi German. She lives in Portland, Oregon. And she used to be an anti-nuclear activist. And she figured out, based on my work, that we don't have 40 or 50 or 60 years to safely decommission nuclear power plants. So what we do in, with our activism must be rooted in the people we interact with today. What we do in our lives must be rooted in the here and the now. And so she switched from being an anti-nuclear activist to being an, an activist for the houseless, for what most people call the homeless. And that's how she spends essentially all of her waking hours when she's not making enough money to pay the rent, which she does through massage therapy. And I credit, I recognize her as one of the relatively few people who I have influenced in a positive manner. Now, I continue to work too. I'm a huge fan, for example, of the mirror reflection framework put together by Dr. Ye Tao. And I think it's too late for it to work, but I'm not going to give up on that idea. In addition, I'm trying to do what many reporters say they're doing, but are not doing very well. Tom Hartman comes to mind as somebody who used to understand and report on things like peak oil. He wrote one of the early books on the topic and the, the last rays of ancient sunshine, I think it was called. And he, he had me on his show years ago in an episode that he, what did he call it? Call it conversations with great minds. And then more recently, He's done nothing but have Michael Mann on the show once a week or so, just to point out what a terrible, horrible person I am. I don't know where that comes from, but Michael Mann has a history of a um, couple of things that are relevant here. Well, I was going to ask you about it because, you know, in his latest book, he goes, you know, I did talk to Michael Mann just because Mike is, a, you know, still is an optimistic person, and, and he now says, the fight over doomism is worse than the fight over denialism. He says, 
doomism like what you put out, and he mentions you specifically. Of course he does. Every chance he gets. He, he says it's more dangerous than denialism. Yeah, he libeled me in the Washington Post, too. So what do you say to that? <laughs> what I say publicly is I make a joke. It's all I can do. I had an attorney who was working pro bono on my behalf against people like Michael Mann and David Wallace Wells, who stole my work and clearly plagiarized it, made a lot of money in the process. Just, I know it seems like it's it's like a little bit slow and you're like, okay, what am I looking at here? But I, I just wanna show you where he goes to in this and, and where humanity, in his opinion, is headed. And this is Seth Borenstein, and he is a science writer. And this was um, an interview in the Associated Press on March 29, 2022. And the attorney slipped on a dock in the Bahamas and died. So uh, what I have remaining in my life is a wonderful woman, my partner, the love of a few people, and integrity. That's what I have. That's what I will have till the end because I'm dedicated to retaining those things. So, it, I mean, you said in So what's left in response to a man is, is a joke. Do you mind sharing the joke? No, in the, in the Washington Post article, he called me a doomist cult hero. So when I was allowed to tour, those days are behind me now due to a coordinated defamation campaign. But when I would tour, every presentation went after he wrote that, I would point out that he was wrong. I'm not a Dumas cult hero. I'm a Dumas cult superhero. That's all I got. <laughs> And, that, and this is what I have in my life, is the ability to make jokes, maybe influence a few people, maybe encourage people to live like Mimi German does and like my partner and I do, live in the here and the now and positively influence the lives of the people we come into contact with. Other than that, I, you know, I try to inform people, just like Tom Hartman claims he intends to inform people. But I do so with the facts, with the actual evidence that almost everybody ignores, including the corporate media. So when I talk to all the IPCC authors, they, you know, they say, look, it is horrible, but there isn't a cliff. It isn't a 2026, no more humans. It is a increasingly difficult... Did, did, did you hear what he said? 2026, no more humans? I I I, I, mean, I just want to point that out. I found I found that I, that that piqued my interest. Dangerous and awful earth, but it is not game over. Or as one as Jacqueline Gill at University of Maine says, it's not climate is not pass fail. Okay. According to five peer-reviewed papers by Professor Tim Garrett at the University of Utah, civilization is a heat engine. The first one of those was initially published in November 2009 by a dying man you already mentioned, Steve Schneider. 
he was the editor. Doesn't he remind you? I mean, I feel like as if maybe um, Leonardo DiCaprio was playing him in uh, Don't Look Up, uh, the the movie about um, you know climate change, or well, it was basically a metaphor for it. But it was about the about the uh, meteorite or the coming and crashing and ruining um, the planet. He just kind of like I don't know maybe I it just he just reminds me as if as if he pattered that character after after him. And the outrage was immediate, and the paper was pulled from publication, not because there was any error, but because civilization can't possibly be a bad thing from the perspective of academics who are the consummate civilized beings. I spent a long time there. I know about that. So the paper was pulled for 14 months and finally published only because two research groups were allowed to respond in the same issue to that paper. But the responses were nothing. They, they didn't take issue with anything that Garrett concluded. They didn't take issue with the evidence. They just didn't want it to be true. And Garrett has gone on to publish four additional papers that point out the details regarding how civilization is a heat engine. I don't see anybody wanting to slow down or shut off civilization. The, 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 the motto for those of us living within this set of living arrangements is simple, must go faster. And that's what we keep doing. We just keep going faster toward the, what, what some people refuse to call a cliff. Well, one, it's rooted in evidence, not in religious thinking. Two, there are at least seven species in the genus Homo that have already gone extinct. I strongly suspect a few of those individuals at the end of their run were saying things like, we're too clever. This couldn't possibly happen to us. Yes, other species go extinct. In fact, for all of those species, as with Homo sapiens, the, the Homo in question was driving many of those species to extinction. And we have quite a long history of doing that ourselves. To think that we could not go extinct because we're, quote, too clever is ridiculous and astonishing. As we speak, vertebrates are outstripping, the rate of environmental change is outstripping the ability of vertebrates to keep up by a factor of 10,000 times. Environmental change is outstripping the ability of mammals to keep up as well. We are vertebrate mammals. So this tells me that we might fall into the same category as the other vertebrate mammals on the planet. Another reason that people have for hope that doesn't plague me is they have children. 
how Michael Mann, who first wrote about the hockey stick in 1998 in Nature, how he could then, years later, have a child is beyond me. He's writing about exponential change. He's writing about the hockey stick in 1998. And now he's got a 14-year-old, 15-year-old daughter. Are you kidding me? Are you out of your mind? Okay, another thing I want to bring up too is that <clears throat> over time, you know, and, and you know, habitats change, climate changes just naturally too, and and that that's an argument. But whatever's happening, either either it's happening because of our fault or it's happening. But there is, it looks like there's something happening. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. All right, there are other reasons why. Um, you know, uh, your entire food source and, you know, the climate would shift. And it's happened historically over time. Celsius, which is certainly higher than anyone wants it, but it is not the 5.2 in some of the papers that you cite. In fact, it's about half of the 5.2. Right. And to think that that a a particular number matters is utter hubris. What matters is the rate of environmental change. Any conservation biologist and any ecologist knows that the rate of environmental change is the premier factor that we are tinkering with at our own peril. It's that rate of environmental change that is driving all those species to extinction. It was the rate of environmental change that drove those at least seven species in the genus Homo to extinction. It's that rate of environmental change that is driving outstripping the ability of vertebrates and mammals to keep up. It's the rate of environmental change that matters. Conservation biologists and ecologists know this, and engineers and planetary scientists seem to lack an understanding of the exponential function. So what happens in 2027 if you're wrong? I will be among the happiest people on Earth. People think that I'm gaining some sort of privilege by compiling, organizing, synthesizing, and then regurgitating the evidence produced by other people. I enjoy no such privilege, none. I haven't earned a, I haven't earned a paycheck for nearly 13 years. I'm doing what I'm doing because what I'm doing is rooted in evidence, not because it affords me any privilege at all. I have lost virtually every relationship in my life. My dad died in July of 2020 thinking I was a horrible person. My siblings and my mother still think the same thing. I am 
committed to the truth, not to any particular future. I'm committed to compiling the evidence, no matter how it leads, no matter what direction it goes. Okay, so I just, you know, I wanted to give you guys a flavor of this. And, um, you know, I will make sure that, um, you know, the the title of this AP interview, March 22nd, 22, uh, it's from uh, Nature Bats Last. Um, I'm going to put this in the chat here. And then um, hopefully I remember, I'll remember to um, include it in, in my broadcast. Because if I show something... Uh, on my channel, I, I definitely try to um, share uh, where where I um, I did get uh, the the information. So I'm probably just going to start to wrap it up here uh, for a moment now. I I, I don't really uh, today have. Um, a whole lot of time. Uh, I, I know I, I really appreciate the fact that uh, so many of you uh, did show up today uh, and, and it's even a holiday um, of Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day. And I hope, you know, all of you are having a great um, Mother's Day celebration. Actually, uh, my hair um, dried as, as we were uh, from the, from the beginning of the show. So I can tell that I'm, I'm getting dry. Um, I, uh, you know, it, it, it's been a little bit hard for me to broadcast because I, I am in the middle of uh, my finals and my final projects uh, happening. Um, one of the things that I wanted to let you guys know to be on the lookout for, because I'm probably, I'm most likely I'm planning to publish it on my blog at uh, my rabbit hole. But um, in my journalism class, uh, I have to do a profile of uh, somebody. And write about them, you know, like, like, you know, like, kind of like, I, I was sort of pattering uh, in my mind, uh, a, a good profile example that I used in my class that we had, a, you know, we were learning the process of it, a feature story would have been like when Sean Penn wrote about El Chapo, you know, that in, 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 uh, you know, Rolling Stone magazine, which is, you know, actually that got El Chapo arrested again. Uh, that whole interaction between Sean Penn uh, and um, the Mexican actress. And anyway, so the person that I've chosen to do my feature story on is actually Stephen Cambion from True Seekers. And um, so that's, I'm working on, uh, I, I, I did do an interview with him um, for recording to write it down and everything like that. But I'm uh, working on that right now too, as well. And, uh, and again, I am in an anthropology, so my exam will be coming up next week. And so I'm going to keep trying to uh, at least be here once a week. I was able to uh, make it today. I was dragging my heels. Originally, I had um, the schedule for 1.30, and I woke up, and I go, no, I think I better make it till 2.30. Um because uh, and with everything, um, but uh, yeah, so far um, I'm gonna finish strong uh, this year, and um, I should get my AA by the um, spring. Uh, like I'll go to fall classes after this fall, I will be finished getting my associate uh, arts degree, and then I'm planning to transfer to the university for my bachelor's in um, uh, journalism, medium, and media, and film. Um, if you do want to support my efforts um, with books, um, you know, help with my housing, uh, you know, pay for the classes, etc. Um, I am, I do have my Patreon uh, at patreon.com forward slash uh, not my rabbit hole. 
Um, and I, I do have my blog and I, I, I wanted to show you um, the other thing that I do uh, besides having uh, my YouTube channel is um, that that uh, okay and then I'm also gonna like just because I'm doing a little self-promoting here right now I want to put my banner of the other ways that you uh, can contribute if you want to make a one-time donation you can do it at my PayPal at Hollywood Hemptress or Venmo my cash app um, all of that information is on the screen uh, there as well but um, I wanted to uh, show you um, the, uh, the uh, possibility of, um, uh, like I'll show you my blog, not my blog, but I mean my, um, okay. Uh, my, uh, my, where I'm at on Spotify and you can also listen to me on, uh, Apple podcasts or, um, you can also, listen, oh, let me see what am I doing here? You can, you can also listen to me on Apple podcasts and, um, Google Play, uh, but on Spotify, I oftentimes uh, re-upload videos too that I've, I've done on this channel that I feature. Um, this one is my most recent and it's called Heard Any Good Rumors About Me Lately? Suicide Trolling and How It Connects to an Amazon Primetime uh, series called Paranormal Hood. Um, on, that, on that particular um, on Spotify, let me see if I can pull up the. Um, oh, I guess I'm I'm just here. It's not gonna let me go to my your library. Um. Anyway, uh, you can. I will uh, make sure that I put a link of, of that show in the description as well so you can check out there. Yeah, um, I am still doing commentary. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure some of you guys are probably waiting for me to get to this particular topic. Maybe that's why you tuned in. I don't know. I want to thank all of the new subscribers here, by the way. I, I did jump up. Uh, I had a little bit of a jump up. Maybe it's because of all the trash talking that's been happening on Paranormal Hood uh, about me, but I'm just going to like, just going to give a brief thing about it. Um, my last, uh, show, um, and then the response that that got, um, first of all, all I did and all I wanted to do was, um, I noticed that, um, a particular individual named Lee Veltman was associated with paranormal hood and some of the other people who basically just do nasty videos about people. Um, Lee Veltman, I was having an issue again with Lee Veltman uh, coming into my chat rooms um, with fake profiles. And uh, I have also had um, my last show that I did two weeks ago, two of my guests were uh, stalked in their personal life. And um, one of them, uh, Charles from Project Camelot, has completely taken his YouTube channel down and disappeared on the Internet, including stopping all communications through emails. And this is a result of this particular situation. Uh, it became into my and, and, and again, um, when we talk about Lee Veltman and some of the connections that uh, surround that particular uh, situation. Um, there are other women 
that have come forward and talked about him. I mean, it's not this, the Jolly Bridgeburner, Lee Veltman uh, tree, duo, and then the peripheral people associated with them is not a new topic in this particular world or this community. And a lot of people have already um, banned them uh, from their chat rooms. Uh, the thing that upset me though, and what I was like making a cry out for was um, asking what we call this community, you know, that wording's been used a lot in this community. Uh, I, I looked into a couple of players in this because uh, a lot of the people that have been victimized by Lee Beltman and some of this group, there are certain um, associations that, uh, that these people have with one another. Uh, one is there's a Unirock, okay, which uh, I, I remember a little bit from the past, but I went back and looked at him again a little bit. And there's a Defanga, which I was never uh, familiar with. So there's this Buanon kind of, um, you know, uh, conspiracy LARPer uh, genesis where uh, some of these people play at. Now, um, I felt that it was a victimization against women in this community. It, it seems like the prototype of the people mostly who are treated poorly or done whatever to in terms of Lee Veltman has to be women. I have... I do have receipts. I have made, I have confirmed an association with Lee Veltman and Paranormal Hood and the people who were associated with Paranormal Hood. All right. It is a fact that there's a hub going on there. And I basically asked, is it really right for, I mean, is it right? Is it not, it's not okay. I don't think it's okay that women are treated like this in the this particular YouTube community or this community of people that are, um, I don't know who you are. Stop worrying about your hair. Lots of love on Mother's Day. Um, Stephen, I've never seen you here before, Stephen Young, and I really hope that when you're saying what the fuck, you're not saying what the fuck, like, because you're, like, going to troll me today, because, um, uh, and, and you came late. When I did talk about my hair, I started out with my hair being wet, so, um, you know, matter of fact, okay, so I'm just going to leave it at that, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, what does that mean? Like, what, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Like, these people were doing this and this has been going on or what the fuck? I'm saying something that you don't agree with. I, I just, because I'm, again, you know, part of the stuff that I'm wondering is, is like, are you guys all prepared or on point to do what you've done to me before in terms of trolling my channel. Um, my channel is not here for you, really. I, I, I know that there are reasons why some of these people got turned on to me like flies, but that but but I'm not I'm not here to be what you think I, you think I am. And I'm not here to serve what you think I'm gonna serve on my channel. This is my new channel and when, and I do have a history, I have been in different forms of theater. I mean, theater, it's like theater, right? Different forms of radio types of shows, different genres, different thoughts. But I have new thoughts now. And this is a new channel. And I want you guys to get the fuck off of it. Okay? You, I'm not here to placate whatever. And when I went, when I went... 
And I called these guys out because I feel like I'm a YouTuber. I've been around this community. I've been talking about this topic. This is my second channel, right? Some of these people I have relationships with that go back to 2015 or 2014 when I started. And I've seen a history. I've seen a behavior. I've seen a network of people that congregate together and start issues online. And it does happen. And it does have a word for it. Suicide trolling. The psychological and emotional battering that has happened to certain YouTubers here is not okay. It's orchestrated. There's a pattern to it. And all I did was ask paranormal hood about it. I didn't, I, I didn't even know as much as I know now when I actually originally asked that question. And since then I've been accused of um, disrespecting Jiggy, which I never did. I didn't really have a relationship with them. I didn't know him as a matter of fact. I didn't know much about paranormal hood until I realized the association. Uh, since then, I have been called a homophobe. I have been um, lied about, slandered, um, maliciously had uh, been treated poorly. And I am, I did do shows about it. I did do shows talking about what they were doing. I did do, I have researched things. I have looked into, uh, you know, other women's testimonies about Lee Veltman. I have found court documents that implicate unlawful entry and restraining orders from the past. He does have a past. And I will say this, too. And one more thing I want to say before um, I stop talking about it. Because it, and I, I know I'm ending the show with this. But I also want to bring up uh, C.W. Chanter, and I want to bring up um, lawsuits that people have um, or, or lawsuits that people think that they can impose on people uh, because they are discussing or questioning their business ethics or whether they're a scam artist. All those things, in a way, is, is an admirable thing to do because, you know, like I started the show out today talking about, um, you know, the conspiracy of did the Nazis meet extraterrestrials and all that kind of stuff, right? And within that have been many, many ways that people have profited off of this. And, uh, and, and, and they are like snake oil salesmen. And I, I feel like on my channel, if you even took the time to actually really look at what I've contributed lately on my new channel, you would realize that I'm also looking in and outing these people. And not only am I outing people that you would be surprised. Matter of fact, I'm even outing uh, Mr. Stephen D. Kelly and his story about the kids under the Getty. I think it's bunk, even though at one point I was on his network and I believed it or I wanted to believe it because I was dating him or whatever. I wasn't seeing clearly. But so but Lee Veltman wants to like whenever he's in a chat, bring that up. Getty, Getty, Getty. You know what, Lee Veltman, your story is defunct now. And you know that. You knew, you knew the day when I did a show and I said, I think Stephen D. Kelly is bullshit. He says, wow, you really turned around the dime. But you keep telling people that I'm a certain type of person or whatever. And, um, you know, you, 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 and, and when it comes to CW, right, because CW says, oh, I've got this lawsuit because, you know, because I was investigating, you know, Corey Good, blah, 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 blah. I don't know for sure, 
but I have looked at other types of videos and it's not like I'm, I'm not here to defend Corey good because I don't believe Corey good either, but I think it may have been the way in which CW Chanter went after him. Like if CW Chanter trolled Corey good doxed him, did anything around his residence or inspired other people to do such activities, then he is participating in the illegal activity that someone like Lee Veltman would be doing. You see, like you can disagree with somebody's information and you can think that you're a phony, but you don't have the right to invade their privacy, fuck around with them online, you know, um, create personas pretending to be them and harass other people. And these are the tactics that some of these people are doing. And if CW Chanter engaged in any of those types of activities, then yeah, Corey Good could have a lawsuit against him. And that is the difference between somebody being on their channel and analyzing and criticizing somebody else and saying that they're a phony and they're a scammer and showing facts why they think it and actually trolling somebody, harassing them and doing something that you shouldn't be doing. So I'm just curious if that's not what's been happening because I have seen certain videos that would make you think that that would be a possibility. And don't get confused with like, oh yeah, you're just one of these people you want to believe in like la la land. I'm, I'm talking about that there needs to be a definition about what free speech is what real reporting is or what real research is or investigation or whatever and having a sense of integrity about it and what you're looking into, giving a margin open for conversation and objectivity to what you're talking about and actually going and invading somebody's privacy, stalking them, calling them on the phone, harassing them and doxing them and threatening them. Stalking and harassment are not part of normal YouTube practices when you're just talking about stuff on your channel. And I want to make sure that I, I express that to people because this is what I believe to be true. And I'm pretty sure I'm right about it. So on that note, um, I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Please like and share. Um, I know that there are, um, and you know what? Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. Sending lots of love and happiness and wishing you well in the future. Thank you, Stephen. And I'm sending you lots of love and happiness too and wishing you well in the future, just like I wish everybody well in the future, even my enemies. <laughs> okay, so... Um, on that note, I think I will play a fun song. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Wait, I had it on the wrong thing. <laughs> I hadn't taken the share off of the other video. My God. I don't know. Did I say that with you guys looking at that and not me? 
Oh, well. Always shown by the media Negative images is the main criteria Infecting the young minds faster than bacteria Kids wanna act like what they see in the cinema yeah. Whatever happened to the values of humanity Whatever happened to the fairness and equality Instead of spreading love, we're spreading animosity Lack of understanding leading us away from unity That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling under That's the reason why sometimes I'm feeling down It's no wonder why sometimes I'm feeling under Gotta keep my faith alive and love is found Now ask yourself Where is the love? Where is the love? Where is the love? 